0: Welcome to Discover Ag, where every week we discover what's new in the world of agriculture. We're your hosts,
1: Natalie Kavork, a rancher and pharmacist from Nebraska. And Tara Vanderdeusen, a dairy farmer and environmental scientist from New Mexico. And together we bring you our professional farming opinions on a variety of trending topics in the ag and food space. So you can better understand our food system and feel connected to the hands that feed us. Happy Thursday, Discos. Welcome
0: back to episode 102 As always, brought to you by Case IH. And I am coming to you guys live today as a wiser, more mature host because it was my birthday over the weekend, the big three six.
1: I know. Happy birthday. I would sing, but I have a terrible voice. So I'm just going to tell you, happy birthday. Thank
0: you so much. It was um, in any true ranch wife, farm wife fashion. We just did stuff for the operation. Like we worked cows on my birthday.
1: You sent me though a really yummy cake recipe you made your own cake and it looks looked amazing. I did make my own cake which
0: as I was making my own cake as we you know Luke was out working cows and I just got back in from helping I thought this is the peak of adulthood like I have reached adulthood I am making my own cake I am working on my birthday and I probably won't even have candles which I did not so I felt
1: fully ushered into my adult era. <laughs> Well, while you were celebrating your birthday, I was dealing with my husband's – the repercussions of my husband's bad karma.
0: Or just blaming it on Dan. It is not Dan's fault.
1: It's fully Dan's fault. So what happened this weekend was we went to church, and the minister ran over the sermon. It was, like, probably 20, 30 minutes longer than it usually is because he was talking about his bad, like, plumbing issues that he was having. And I could just feel, like – you know your husband. Like, I could just feel him, like – getting antsy getting irritated that it was running over and my father-in-law was behind me and i could just feel like the irritation radiating off of him as well they're both just very punctual type a people and we got home to a massive water leak and i was like this is all your fault daniel like you god is trying to tell you something and it's probably that you should have patience and be nicer to people
0: <laughs> i don't get where in the sermon he went on a tangent about the plumbing issues i feel like that's honestly my hold up with this whole story
1: he just, he actually said, does anyone have any place to be later? Cause I really want to tell this story. And he was like, no, none of us have any place to be. And then he started telling us about his plumbing issues. (laughs) He's adorable, but it was quite entertaining, but it was not entertaining to come home to a master bathroom that was just flooded. I mean, like I opened the door and it was like one of those movies where water like rushes in and like overtakes you. Did you get it cleaned up? Yes. And it was, it what, didn't just like flood onto the bathroom floor. It was like one of those ones where it was like spraying water onto the ceiling. And so you had to clean all the light fixtures, all the walls, all the doors. I had to like wipe off the ceiling. It was really crazy. It was, it was quite in the adventure. All Dan's karma. I'm telling you, I believe in karma. It was just too perfect of a moment where something happened and then instantly it happened. So on an un, kind of unrelated note, this weekend, I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm still kind of like living in post Sheep Trail. Like I feel like I was out this weekend. I saw people and people were like, oh my gosh, how is Sheep Trail? So I feel like Sheep Trail is still like very much like a, a big part of my life right now. Sheep Trail will never die. It will live on forever in multitudes of reasons.
0: I am still doing laundry from Sheep Trail. <laughs> <laughs> I am still answering DMs from Sheep Trail. And yes, at dinner, even on my birthday, I was talking about Sheep Trail. It will just live on an infamy as it should. Rightfully so.
1: Rightfully so. I'm even still wearing my wool. I'm wearing this. I said I was gonna live in this wool t-shirt, and I think I have. It's I'm like, I just I I just want to continue the Sheep Trail saga.
0: I am a little bummed. I wore Barbie pink today. I mean, this isn't totally Barbie pink, but it is Barbie pink in my palette because spoiler alert, we're gonna be talking a little bit about. Barbie in today's episode. Um, but I thought for sure you would have came in the Barbie theme. I would have thought you got the notice, but you are still on sheep
1: trail. I know, man. I really miss the mark. And you were just telling me last week about how good I look in pink. I should have done like full pink, full pink lips. I, I really, I'm sorry. I'm not delivering today. I will say I can't believe that we're covering Barbie. Like, things I never thought we'd say on this podcast is like the podcast about food and ag, and we're talking about Barbie, the Barbie movie. I do feel it's very us, though. Last week we were out on Sheep Trail off the
0: grid, living, you know, washing our face in the creek. And this week we're dressed in Barbie pink with, you know, pink lip gloss. And I had a really cute blazer I was going to wear, but I was like, oh, then I have to like wash it. (laughs) It just wasn't worth it for for the uh, five second reel. so I went with with an easier peak, but just feel like it's very us, Sheep Trail and Barbie.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're nothing if not versatile, all the things. So today's episode is brought to us by Case IH. I can't believe you want to skip past word of the week, Tara. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. You know the discos will come for you. Oh, I'm so sorry, you guys. Okay. Whew, reset. Go.
0: <laughs> I have to apologize for my friend. She is... <laughs> missing the memo this week, you guys. Okay. Last week I let you choose and I was going to let you choose again this week because I feel like it's kind of fun, but I did find one that I am pretty, my heart was just really set on it. And if you didn't choose it, I was going to be really disappointed. So I chose the word. This no week. choice for Tara. Go ahead. So word of the week, the discovery of the week this week is Yammer and it is annoyingly constant and foolish talk. Joseph got so fed up with the kids' yamma in the back seat that he plugged his ears with napkins.
1: I feel like that word is actually perfect for a podcast where we tend to maybe sometimes yammer. yammer. We yammer a lot. <laughs> I am definitely going to yell, yell that at my kids on our car ride home today. Quit yammering. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like, I feel like as a mom, that word is just, I it's hitting for me like that. I can see (laughs) being added to my regular vocabulary. I'm glad you brought that to us. Thank you for not letting me skip over it. You're welcome. All right. Roll into one of our favorite
0: sponsors of the week.
1: Yes. uh, One of our favorite sponsors for episode 102 of Discover Ag is Case IH. To the men and women at Case IH, farming is a way of life, a life they live every day on millions of acres across North America. Get to know the farmers who work at Case IH and see how they bring that perspective into everything Case IH does. Visit builtbyfarmers.com to see their stories and to even share your own. Built by Farmers, Case IH, a proud sponsor of the Discover Ag podcast. And side note, we have some fun um, collabs coming up with Case. We're going to be at their booth at Farm Progress at the end of August. So we'll share more about that as we get a little closer, but it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be yammering at the Case IH booth. We'll be yammering at Farm Progress all over the place. (laughs) If you invite us somewhere, we will yammer. That is just a guarantee. If there
0: is anything we do well, it is yammering. I think our husbands would agree. Okay. First article you guys need to know this week. Title, U.S. FDA Reviews Concerns Over Logan Paul's Prime Energy Drink. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration said on Wednesday it is reviewing concerns raised by Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer against a popular influencer-creator energy drink. Schumer said earlier this month that Prime, a beverage... Brand started last year by YouTube stars Logan Paul and KSI should be investigated due to the high caffeine content and energy
1: drink, adding that it was also being marketed to children. So you picked this one. I don't know if I have a ton to say about it. So I'm actually really curious your thoughts about it.
0: Oh, I find it so fascinating. I think I'm just in this um, hyper focus on Influencer built brands and how social media changes the games for certain things, and we can talk about that in a second because uh, Logan Paul did finally issue a TikTok response to this, and he talked a little bit about how he was able to use social media for a voice for
1: like his opinion. I just find it fascinating. It's so funny that you brought this up. This is a completely different direction, but it's related. I was listening to, if everyone watched Laguna Beach, I listened to the podcast about Laguna Beach where Kristen Cavallari and um, Stephen Coletti like, go back and rewatch episodes and then talk about it. And that is one of the things they talked about the most is that for them back in the day when that was like, what, 2005, they had no way to like express their opinions. And social media has absolutely changed that for people that they have their own voice voice like you know back then you couldn't like issue a press release I guess would be your response but you're right like social media gives influencers this space to be able to share whatever they want in response to whatever's going on about them or about other things
0: who's that famous baseball player that plays for the New York New York Yankees oh man I don't know Alex Rodriguez yes okay I think that's who it is we're gonna go with it I was watching a documentary with one of my friends on him because she's obsessed with him and the Yankees. And he was talking about how he was able to, for the first time ever take uh, use social media to announce his retirement in the way he wanted to. And historically players had to go through like this singular, I don't know, platform or something like it was all funneled through that. And he was one of the first, I believe that like announced on his own that he wanted to leave. And he told it in his own way, in his own stories. And I just feel like we're coming up on the era where, like you said, it's just really changing um, news, announcements, headlines, and like a lot of different ways. But circling back around to the article. So this prime energy contains 200 milligrams of caffeine per 12 ounces. So it's equal to six cans of Coca-Cola or nearly two Red Bulls. It has been banned in Canada, Australia, and UK. And actually one of the really interesting things also about this is that a lot of the articles are talking about how it was pulled or banned, um, outlawed in Canada. And when Logan Paul came out with his TikTok, the first thing he says in his TikTok is that it's not, they don't even distribute in Canada. So it was all illegal imports that were being pulled in
1: Canada, which I thought was really interesting. Who knew people were importing illegal energy drinks into other countries? Talk about something a very niche market. Yeah. Well,
0: talk about like influencer marketing. I think it's because so many kids are so obsessed with Logan Paul. And that plays another role in this because they talk about how they specifically say that it's for 18 plus or the marketing has that written in there because you shouldn't be targeting caffeine to children. It's under one of the regulations somewhere. But his fan base is like youth male. So even though they go through all of those regulations and stipulations, it doesn't matter because unintentionally, he's basically promoting and targeting to Like, youth males, they said, is, like, the largest driver or buyer of Prime Energy Drink.
1: I think it's worth noting that he has 26 million followers just on Instagram. And then he's, like, a wrestler, right? Like, a WWE wrestler. So, it is very much, like, children, audiences. And and I feel like if you've ever seen, like, a boy that is obsessed with WWE or anything, like, they get really, like, diehard about it. And so, it absolutely, while you can put all those marketing labels, it – is still going to be targeting children. And to be honest, though, I didn't realize how much caffeine was in Red Bulls. And I i know that probably sounds dumb, but seeing all of these written out, like how much caffeine is in all of them was mind boggling. Like there, it's a ton of caffeine for a single served beverage. Oh,
0: totally. I mean, you know me, I don't even drink coffee. So I was also very unaware of the actual caffeine content in Uh, pops to coffee to these energy drinks. And I did find a graphic that kind of compared them. So we'll share that on Discover Stories, you guys. But that is one of the things is there is a lot of caffeine in here. But again, an interesting point is there isn't much more in prime than like its competitors of Monster and Rockstar. Like they all contain between that 160 to 200 milligrams of caffeine, which again, Logan Paul points out in his TikTok video, which he's like, we are compliant with all the different regulations, like the, where there isn't much of a caffeine difference between our competitors. And then he also highlights how, like, they're calling themselves a better for you energy drink because they only have 10 calories and zero, zero grams of sugar, which I do think zero grams of sugar is pretty impressive considering if you pulled up like the sugar content for Monster and Prime and some of those other ones, like Bang. I don't know what it is, but I can guarantee you it's not zero. Gramps. And so he was saying that he felt like they were being targeted by massive corporate conglomerates and the US government because they're like taking over shareholder um, like by, you know, like they're a huge place in the marketplace. It was just, I don't know, very fascinating to me to see this play out.
1: Yes. this is. It's giving very much like for locos. Do you remember when that like went crazy? And like I know it had alcohol in it, but obviously if I had to guess, people are using this as like a mixer in drinks, which is extremely like detrimental to your health. So my father-in-law actually had a heart attack like, gosh, it's been like 10 years. And he would love a good Red Bull and vodka. And the number one thing his doctor said out of everything he could cut was do not mix caffeine with alcohol because it's an upper and a depressant at the same time. And it is like unbelievably bad for your heart. I wrote down this was giving four loco vibes. It's oh my God. <laughs> I love that for you us. could tell
0: we're for the same from the same era. Only <laughs> listeners of our who are going through college, I feel like at the same time, of us probably even knows what for loco is because that's completely banned now, right?
1: Yeah, I think they had to outlaw because of that exact reason. It was like causing kids. Maddie's saying yes. Maddie's fact checking us on the back end. She said it is outlawed, uh, but it was because we it, need that. We actually need like fact That end. is why Maddie is back there. Um, but no, it was giving like young people heart attacks because they were drinking so much. Caffeine caffeine. caffeine mixed with alcohol. And so it is like really scary. I agree with all the things that Logan Paul has said about, you know, that they followed FDA regulations. But at the same time, I think it's because of his influence that this really becomes an issue. But I don't know if you peruse the comment section. It was actually super funny. A lot of people said it tastes really bad. The funniest one was like, it tastes like rat poison. And I was like, oh, well, there is an award winning review. Definitely going out to buy it after that.
0: I have to agree. I do think it is scary. I hate when Tad has energy drinks. I hate when Tad even drinks coffee. Like I do not like the idea of my child having to use something, um, a substance essentially, that would hide masks if they're really tired, right? Like it's just compounding a problem that I feel like uh, you struggle with anyway, is like at least Tad does, is like going to bed at a proper time and getting a proper amount of sleep. So I actually, as a mother, get really, really I don't know, uptight and upset about energy drinks for one, but just caffeine in general in youth.
1: So the last thing I want to say about this is they also have a hydration drink that does not have caffeine, but it's really similar to the energy drinks. But I think one of the issues, and this was something I was seeing in the comment section too, is that people like didn't know there was a difference. Like kids weren't sure you know, they just wanted to buy one. And so they were drinking the energy drink ones, not realizing it was the high, like, wasn't the hydration one. Like there's confusion. They're marketed very, very similar, but one has no caffeine and one does. So
0: I believe I've never actually seen them in person, but I believe the caffeine is in a can like most, uh, energy drinks come in. And then the hydration is actually in kind of like what you would think of like a Gatorade bottle. Oh, okay, So they are in different bottles, but the labels do look the exact same. And it's funny because I have seen comments both way. I'd seen comments that said what you said, like there's confusion. Parents were buying this prime, not knowing the difference. Uh, and then some people being like, if you can't tell the difference between the can and the bottle, like that faults on you. <laughs> like you can deal with your caffeine high. It's, it's it's on your shoulders, not Logan Paul's. But, um, I think what is happening here because I fell victim to this is I had seen prime before on Logan Paul's channels and it was the Gatorade bottle, like the hydration prime hydration. And I thought, Oh, that's like kind of interesting or cool. I would buy that for tad, like because of Logan Paul. Me, not knowing that there was two, I feel like I would maybe pick up the can thinking I was getting it and being like, oh, that's weird that it's in a can or like, I think that's where the confusion was coming from. And I don't know whose fault that is. If it's like Logan Paul's and the companies that they have two, you know, a hydration and an energy drink that have the same label. I don't know. I could just see where the confusion came into play, but I could also see where it's also not the consumer's fault.
1: I think. Yeah. The final point on this for me is that like, at what point is it the responsibility of the influencer that's behind it? And at what point is it like the responsibility as you as a parent, I feel like that's just like a fine line that we're all kind of like walking there of like our kids being influenced by things they're seeing online. And, And this isn't anything new. I feel like we've all been influenced by different things. It's just now a new extreme that these kids have it like on their phone constantly and are like making buying decisions based on like what some influencer is telling them to do. I also thought it was interesting that they could just
0: write letters to the USDA. I didn't know this to like investigate different things like Senator Schumer or whoever it was. I'm assuming anyone can just write in a letter that says like, you need to investigate this and then they decide if they want to or not.
1: Yeah, I think so. That's how it works. And (laughs) I
0: just feel like you could get someone that is like, let's say Logan Paul's conspiracy is right. You have someone that is out to get you or your brand or your company. You could just write a letter and then be like, investigate this. I don't know. Just found it interesting.
1: I feel like it couldn't have possibly been one letter. It had to have been like a multitude, like receiving lots of letters saying like, you need to look into this. And then maybe it brought enough to their attention. I don't know. It's interesting to think about. A, it's interesting to see if USDA will actually investigate
0: it. Like if this will continue on or if it will drop, you know, end here.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So moving on, I have to tell you, I have been so stressed about my Good Ranchers package showing up because you got your order in and I've been waiting for mine. And we were gone yesterday and I was so afraid it was going to get delivered. And I was going to have a perfectly good box of cowboy cut steaks from Good Ranchers sitting outside my house. It, it But it hasn't came yet? No, it has not came yet. So oh, I mean, you, know, thinking- you can track that. Welcome to the United States of America. You can track your packages. <laughs> I know I couldn't find the tracking number, so it's it is absolutely my fault. But I am so excited to get it as soon as it gets here because one of the really exciting things about Good Ranchers right now is that they have pork. They have prime pork. It is considered better pork, more marbling, better coloring, more tender, and as always, it is 100% American pork. So use our code DISCOVER for $30 off your order at goodranchers.com. Again, that code DISCOVER will get you $30 off, so that's 10 more than usual, and you can go to goodranchers.com to select your box, your cuts. Uh, You can get pork, obviously, beef we know, and chicken as well. We actually had Good
0: Ranchers for my birthday dinner. We grilled steaks and I made a bunch of sides and stuff, but it was bone appetite. I always feel like I'm ch- cheating a little bit on my own herd when I have Good Ranchers, <laughs> but uh, it's delicious. Luke loves it. Luke, actually, we pulled out uh, a couple nights ago, he pulled out chicken for dinner. When I tell you I was flabbergasted that he set out chicken to make it for dinner, I just didn't even know what to do. Chicken is my husband's least favorite protein I feel like we have to be dying. Like our freezer has to be at the bare minimum for him to request a chicken dinner. But he pulled out Good Rancher's chicken. Like Luke really, you guys stamp of approval on Good Rancher from myself and my husband. Natalie
1: is also flabbergasted. She literally wrote chicken, all caps, exclamation point, exclamation point. Like can't believe that someone would pull out chicken, but it is really good. So I'm excited to try the pork. I've had their bacon already. So I'm excited to try some other pork cuts. Oh, I just got bacon in my package, so I'm excited to try their bacon. Oh, lucky duck. I made those jalapeno poppers with it. Highly recommend it. We had jalapeno poppers for my birthday. They're one of my favorite appetizers. Mm, Same. Love them. I'm just loving your birthday vibes. I know.
0: (laughs) Okay, you guys, moving into the second article you guys need to know this week, Burger King may have just single-handedly ended the barbie core trend. Barbiecore is having a moment with the upcoming release of the Barbie movie. Shades of hot pink and magenta have been spotted everywhere, from the internet to the streets. But unfortunately, for one popular restaurant, they may have taken Barbiecore a bit too
1: far. First question I have for you: Are you going to watch the movie? Probably yes. Um,
0: okay, let me rewind. My answer is yes. I would like to, but I probably won't because. We're like an hour and a half from the nearest theater. I don't know the last time I've seen a movie in a theater theater. I think, honestly, since I moved to Nebraska, I've not gone to a theater theater. We have a little tiny theater that gets one show a week at one of our small towns near us. And it's actually kind of fun to go to it. And I don't know if they'll get Barbie. If they get Barbie, I'll round up a group of girlfriends and we'll go. If they don't,
1: I probably won't see it. Maddie just wrote that she doesn't have anyone to go with. And that's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, I don't know if – I feel like I will call some girlfriends. But I don't know if people are, like, going to be, like, our one night away from our kids is to go see a Barbie movie. I don't know. So that was my first question. I feel like we missed another opportunity by you not starting this out by singing the Barbie song. I don't sing. That's not I'm happening. I'm a Barbie girl mm-hmm.
0: in a Barbie world. Mm-hmm. We need
1: Maddie to jump in. She's actually Life's good at singing.
0: Life's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Plastic.
1: Okay, we Come should on stop. Barbie.
0: Let's go, Barbie. Ooh,
1: ooh, this ooh. is getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my okay. gosh. Okay, so back to the article. I always think it's really interesting when fast food chains try to jump on some kind of movie trend and I feel like it's becoming more popular. They were actually sharing about how in I think it was in Japan they did the burger to look like um Spider-Man, like a red bun. And so I like I, I think we're going to see more and more of this of how like companies can do like crossover and bring these kind of like moments into their food. And I just don't know if I'm here for like pink sauce on a burger. It was a lot. One of the commenters, I really related to it. They said, I can already
0: feel the stomach pains.
1: <laughs> I saw the like one that was like, this, this, sauce. this is Barbie, Barbie core. That's what it's being called. Barbie core hell. And then another one that was like, <laughs> it looks like Pepto-Bismol. <laughs>
0: I would love to see our husband's reactions if we ordered them this burger and then gave it to them to unwrap it. And just catching that candidly, I feel like it would be pure –
1: I don't even know what, honestly. It's funny you brought up the husbands. I was telling my dad about this article and I, because I could not figure out how what they made the sauce out of. Like I – nowhere could find what the ingredients were. And so I was like, well, maybe they took like mayonnaise and ketchup and mixed them together. And as I'm like talking through this out loud, my dad was like, that's such a good idea. And my dad went to town. He was having a burger and he made some sauce concoction that he was kind of pink tinted. So my dad was trying to give it his all. That's hilarious. I like the commitment. Yeah, he was very committed, but I could not – I don't know. There was nothing about what it was made out of, but they do – this was really fascinating to me. The burger actually has smoky bacon added to it. and I thought that was an interesting move on behalf of Burger King to be very like meat forward, as we learned last week. If anything, I would think that if you were trying to target the people that would be like hardcore Barbie, I'm – I hate to say it. I'm surprised it's not like a plant-based burger or something.
0: Yeah, that is interesting. I had a trouble finding a lot about this too. Even on TikTok, honestly, the videos I found of people like trying out the, you know, ordering the burger and doing almost like an influencer video on it, a lot of them were in other countries. So I was unsure like which Burger Kings were rolling this out. I mean, this main article came from the Brazil Burger King. So I don't know if this is more of a, you know, other nation kind of trend than the US. When I was searching peak burgers on TikTok, though, I did find a restaurant called grilled. And I think it's a chain. I can't totally tell, but there were multiple videos of influencers ordering this pink burger at the grilled restaurant. And so I was like, there's no way this is like one restaurant that everyone is doing this at. So I do think it's maybe like a West coast chain or something. I don't know if any listeners have more information about grilled, I guess I could Google it, but I didn't. But interesting that you talked about the Mayo because that's what this Of this grilled company was doing. They actually dyed the bun pink, which you guys, I took screenshot at all this, so we'll put it on the Discover Stories. But the burger looked actually really good. It was like a normal burger. There was none of the pink slime. It like everything in the middle was the same. They just had a pink burger, which or pink bun, which I don't know. It didn't bother me, but they gave pink mayo with the fries and they just die put food coloring in the mayo, and it was weird to see because it looked just like frosting so i feel like it'd be one of those things when you're eating like your sensories are like contradicting each other between like visual and taste. But that meal didn't look very bad, but it was $25. I was like, I don't think I'd go pay $25 to have like the pink experience.
1: Wow. Um. Back to the very beginning of what you said, it is not available in the United States. It is only available oh, okay. in other countries. I'm um, kind of like I was saying, like I saw a lot of Brazil, Thailand, um, Jap- uh, in Japan. So it's definitely in other places. No, it is not coming to the United States. And I think it's worth noting though, that I thought the rest of it looked really good besides the burger it comes in like an adorable like pink you would it was it was was (laughs) so cute and it has a milkshake girl mom i'm gonna be for it so it's adorable pink and blue box uh, with the barbie logo you get fries a soda and then a milkshake topped with a donut glazed in pink icing i was like i am here for the milkshake and the donut i am not here for the pink sauce on the burger I did write down that it's aesthetic
0: AF. I wrote very cute, very Instagrammable, but I said I didn't know if people ordering from Burger King like care about the perfect Instagram post, but it was giving to me like you order for your Instagram post vibes, kind of like meal vibe.
1: For sure. That is the goal of this, obviously, which that brings me to the, my next point. I think this is working. So Burger King stocks are up. I looked over like the last five years, I looked at the last year, last month. So I feel like the things Burger King is doing all the things. This is actually Burger King's not only time in the news about doing something crazy. I mentioned Thailand. Thailand is where they have the 20 cheese stack burger. So they're doing like Mm -hmm. all sorts of things, trying to get those Instagram moments that people are tagging Burger King on social media and it's working. The rabbit hole I kind of went down
0: with this. Do you remember the pink slime that the beef industry underwent? Like the whole debacle? How many ever years ago? Yeah. I was, it was giving me that kind of energy Whereas, like, this can't, this, I feel like this could be bad for the beef industry if this like pink sauce, I don't know. I was just a little concerned about it.
1: Yeah. You mentioned the grill company that was also doing it. You can also get Cold Stone Creamery, a, hot, a pink cotton candy ice cream. So there's a lot of options out there. If you're wanting to get into the barbie core mode, lots of things to experiment with all I have. Okay. I want to give a big shout out to one of our newer sponsors, Neutral. Today's episode is proudly sponsored by Neutral, the first carbon neutral food company in the United States. Neutral's organic pasture-raised milk comes from small family farms and supports their mission of reducing greenhouse gas emissions in agriculture for good. Something really cool that we have coming up with Neutral is we're actually going to be doing an interview with them. It'll be on, uh, come out on July 27th, which is episode 104. So next week, and you can learn a lot more about Neutral from that um, interview. It'll actually just be an interview on the end of our normal episode. So you can hang around and listen to more about how Neutral was created what their mission is, but Neutral partners directly with dairy farmers to provide expert guidance and financial support for implementing climate-smart practices on farms. If you are a farmer or rancher interested in partnering, you can visit their website, eatneutral.com. And then if you want to purchase their milk, you can find Neutral milk nationwide in Whole Foods, Sprouts, and other natural retailers.
0: Yeah, our interview with Anne coming up next week was... Really exciting, as Tara said, it is just going to be a mini interview. We're going to start doing a little bit more mini interviews, you guys, and so she's tacked on to the Thursday, and she's head of their carbon reduction, and she was a wealth of knowledge. It was really fun to talk to her and kind of dive into you know, carbon reduction at a level that we have not been able to on this podcast yet. And so really excited for you guys to tune into that. And she also has roots and background in ag. And so it was kind of fun to see. And she's a NASA scientist, too. So I mean, she brings a lot to the table, you guys, I think you're going to be very excited to listen to that interview next week.
1: Yeah, you were very excited about the NASA interview or the NASA scientist part. Natalie, um... I
0: mean, rightfully so. Yeah. Um, All right. Moving into our last and final article you guys need to know this week titled Tyson announces heightened standard for antibiotic use. A Tyson Foods and corporate spokesperson confirmed that the company will modify its quote, no antibiotics ever. N a E production claim for Tyson branded chicken using its supply chains to reflect its new quote, no antibiotics important to human medicine. N a I H M claim a transition
1: expects to complete by the end of 2023 all right our in-house pharmacist i'm hoping you have a lot to say about this and what that that especially the whole no antibiotics important to human medicine interesting choice of words it is regulated by the usda that terminology they're using what is your first take on this i feel like you're just leveling off every single thing on today's
0: podcast on me Birthday
1: at the beginning, (laughs) the other article you didn't prepare for. (laughs) I'm like, listen, I just am sitting back. It was your birthday. Get you back to work (laughs) quick. (laughs) What did you find out about these articles?
0: Okay, so here's the dish. What they're doing is going back to using ionophores, which they are, antibiotics not considered important to human health because they aren't used in human medicine. So that is why that claim is there. Actually, I was reading an article that there's a little bit of debate if they should be even classified as antibiotics anyway because they're actually antiparasitics. What the ionophores do is they protect against this specific, um, I think I wrote it down, where is it at? Did you write it down? It starts with a C.
1: Yes, it's intestinal disease in poultry specifically. Oh, yeah, man. coxidosis. Thank you. Coxidosis,
0: yes. And so they pr- and that's like one of the number one things chickens combat. And so Tyson is going back to basically implementing these in. And then, I mean, my take from it was that they then probably themselves reached out to the USDA and started this new claim because they don't want to go from the no antibiotics ever back to having to state that they used antibiotics. And so they're coming out with this new claim that the no A- no I- antibiotics important to human medicine.
1: Yeah. A few things to say about that. Half of the industry uses some form of antibiotics. So outside of Tyson, we're using it. It's funny you mentioned though, that some people are saying it shouldn't be listed as antibiotics because that is one of my complaints about um, the EU. I've talked about this before that the EU claims like no antibiotics when in reality they do use some forms of antibiotics, but it's not labeled as antibiotics. So they have a different labeling system in the EU. And so a lot of times when people online are like, well, our our chicken is so bad here because we use antibiotics. It's like, so do they in the EU. It's just classified differently under different countries.
0: Yeah. Ionophores are not considered an antibiotic. I read that in Europe. Yep. And so they, that claim would be different for them. So one of the things I was like hyper-focusing on at first, and I never got a super solid, clear answer on it, was why they were going back to this. I mean, obviously you'd assume that they were having major loss, right, of chickens. And so there were some statements from like a professor of management associate at the Dean's Programs Research in University of Arkansas. And he was saying that Tyson's decision to forego the use of antibiotics in its chicken possibly resulted in greater disease. And so they were having to deal with higher costs and losses on the birds. There were other quotes about how the company's decision to resume using antibiotics in its chicken production comes as Tyson grapples with economic pressures. And so, I mean, if you look at the stocks, you know, very contrary to what you were saying about Burger King, Tyson's stocks are not up. They've been reporting—I uh, didn't write it down, but it was like a huge multi-million loss for one of the quarters. Something that I don't think the company has experienced in a long time. And this puts me on my soapbox of the company originally in 2017 went no antibiotic ever because of consumer demand. And I do feel like in agriculture and in the food industry, we have to be really careful of when we let consumer demand overcome what we know is good animal welfare or other, you know, insert whatever it is, like against our better judgment, um, because it could have, obviously, compounding effects like this did for Tyson. It took five years for them to finally see what happens when you don't do the antibiotics, But I just thought it was really interesting because it's like that is a case study of a company that did something very big. They made a very big decision for their company to go no antibiotics ever because of, you know, consumers' requests and obviously it didn't work out.
1: Yes. I – one thing I want to make note of on there is that they – you said you couldn't find, you know, why they did this. They're claiming it's because of the quote-unquote health of the chicken. And I thought this quote was so interesting because – it said, "At Tyson Foods, we base our decisions on sound science." And it's like, "Well, what did you base your decision in 2017 about? It, not sound science, consumer demand." And so it is an absolutely like, kind of flip flop. And they they go into saying like it's a v- evolving understanding of best practices for animal protection. Like they it just was very worded in a way that was like this is actually better for our, our animals, our chickens. When in reality, maybe that 2017 decision was not based in those same things. Uh, My soapbox, I kind of ended up on, and we touch on this, I feel like, kind of regularly when we go on other podcast interviews, is how different chicken is compared to other, like beef and dairy. It is a very integrated, vertically integrated system. So Tyson, I have some really cool facts here that Tyson has 3,700 independent farmers that raise chickens for them. They supply the birds, the feeders, the uh, technical advice, everything. It's the farmer's job just to like, quote unquote, care for the chicken and like take care of their housing and labor. Whereas with dairy and beef, it is completely different, like not vertically integrated at all
0: no and i don't think beef ever could be vertically integrated i mean we are just so segmented which i don't think is highlighted enough how segmented we are but there's a lot of ownership there's a lot of change of hands and the idea that that, that could ever be under one roof of one company i just could like don't even see how that's possible
1: and then dairy's on the other end of the spectrum that like we don't change hands at all like our, we own our cows by ourselves from start to finish, but I think then, you know, then it goes off to the processing the milk. And so it's just crazy how every single one of these proteins is vastly different.
0: So I also was a little interested in Remember last week. I don't remember what article it was, but you said something about how you were surprised. They didn't take more intent about how they rolled out and talked about this. What article was
1: that? Do you remember? Yeah the US government blocking the sun. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yeah, okay. That one, that article, (laughs) that one. I kind of felt like that
0: was the same thing for Tyson because I feel like a lot of people are going to look at the word ionophore and they're going to think it's like this newly invented new substance. Like, I don't know what you would think of when you see the term ionophore when you're just a consumer that has never seen that word before, but it feels very futuristic to me. It feels very, um, not something I'd want in my food. And so I feel like they, uh, I just, I think they need to have a little bit more care about how they come out and roll this to consumers, especially I think in going from no antibiotics ever to no antibiotics important, like whatever the new claim is. I feel like it's like backtracking for consumers. This is just obviously a lot of time discussion and I'm sure meetings went into this decision for Tyson. And so it makes me do think that they're having some major bird loss and economic problems that could be curbed from proper antibiotic use or else they wouldn't be like backtracking in this manner. But it'll be interesting to see if they even drop
1: further. I just feel like it's major backsteps and going to have like major red flags for consumers. Yeah. And I think that one of the things with Tyson is Tyson controls or produces, I said controls is probably not the right word, produces about 20% of American beef chicken and pork. So when they make a change, it is going to have like rippling effects across the entire industry across. Basically, they own they have their hand in everything except for dairy on the animal protein side of things. And they actually even have their hand in a few plant based companies. And so when they make a decision, I just think it's you're right. Like they should. I know they probably did tons of um, tons of conversation, right? This wasn't just like a let's just make this decision. But there is going to be backlash and repercussions across a huge portion of our supply chain. Mm -hmm. The company uh, is actually in Arkansas. Saw-based company worth about fifty-three billion dollars. That's, or I guess that's not what it's worth. That's what they had in sales last year. And I actually thought it was interesting that it's family-run, but then it has lots of other institutional, um, institutional. Gosh, I can't talk today. Investors who own over fifty percent of the company. So while it's still family-run, they are like their board is obviously heavily swayed by outside investors. Another soundbite I pulled was. Quote, by introducing the antibiotics that
0: are not important to human health, Tyson may be able to maintain the healthy image while treating some of the diseases that affect poultry health. And so they definitely are trying to walk the line, but I don't, I don't know. I guess I never associated like Tyson with a healthy image. Did you?
1: No, I was thinking that too. I feel like, but is that just for people inside the industry? I don't, I think there's two different Tysons. There is the Tyson you see on in the grocery store that is like no antibiotics ever. Like we try to do things the best. And like we are Tyson. And then I feel like there's the Tyson within the industry. That's like, oh, they own the farms, their contract, you know, growers. It, it's not always like a great relationship with their farmers, like so many other like nuanced conversations there. And so I always wonder what that looks like. This is another episode that
0: I am very curious if you are you know, in veterinary medicine, if you are a chicken farmer, you know, you raise, maybe you're even contracted with Tyson. I don't know. Sure. We have a listener out there that has some major expertise opinion that they want to drop and share with us. So if you guys message us over on the discover, um, Instagram page, we usually screenshot that and share that. And sometimes we even bring it to dialogue for the next week. And I feel like this could be one of those that's like maybe ongoing in the news. So I would love some more expert opinions beyond (laughs) Tara and I's, you know, we we say the word expert very loosely in this manner. So, please share if you have some good um I guess conversation to add to this.
1: Yeah, I also think it's worth noting that we do get into the antibiotics and vaccine conversation in our episode 85 with Merck where we brought on a veterinarian to talk about a lot of these things and we go into a lot of detail there in the conversation around antibiotics, so go give that a listen, episode 85. Yeah. Vaccines and
0: antibiotics, both of them we touch on in that episode. And like Tara said, we did bring on the expert to carry most of that conversation. We just kind of asked the questions and then he gave gave the answer. So if you are a new listener and looking for more information in that arena, that would be a really good episode to scroll back and listen to.
1: All right. Well, thanks for listening to Discover Ag, where every week we discover what's new in the world of agriculture. And we will see you guys next Tuesday for a very special... On the Headlines, a personal episode. I can't believe that's coming up already. It's a couple days away. We've been talking about this for months, and we are so excited to bring this to you guys. You guys heard it
0: here first. Next Tuesday, we're doing a personal episode. It's going to be unlike anything we've ever done on the podcast, so look for it to drop.
1: I think it's even unlike anything we've done on social. Really like opening ourselves up Mm. and sharing with you guys. So excited to see you there oddly enough, this is like the safest platform for me. I feel
0: like I can be most myself on the podcast. So you guys will get a side of Tara and Natalie that you have maybe have never seen before, even if you've followed us on social media for a long time. See you then.